We're happy to be back, bringing you another episode of Millennium Live, where we sit down with the top C-suite executives and talk all things digital transformation. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining Millennium Live today. My name is Katie Perry, and today I'm joined by Jeff Moncrief and Chris McHenry from Cisco. Jeff is a technical solutions architect, and Chris is a systems engineer manager for workload security. Hi, Jeff and Chris. Hey there. Can both of you just give us a quick introduction on your background in Cisco in general? Absolutely. I'll, I'll start off. This is Jeff. I am a, um, as Katie said, a technical solutions architect for Cisco in the secure workload and analytics sales team. My background, I have uh, 20 years now of information security experience dating back you know, to vulnerability management, a, a number of years in compliance. And then as of the last five, five plus years now, I've just been focused uh, on StealthWatch here at Cisco. So, um, you know, my, my area of expertise now is flow-based analytics based on-premises as well as in the public cloud, behavioral threat detection, network compliance, and helping Cisco's customers solve those kinds of problems and use cases. Yeah, my name is Chris McHenry. I uh, also work for Cisco with Jeff. <laughs> I manage a team of engineers and uh, across the U.S. that focuses on helping customers secure their public cloud and private cloud environments specifically. And that's a lot of where my background lies. I've been at Cisco for about 15 years now. For a large portion of that time, I've been focused on data center design and specifically over the last seven or eight years on how do we carve up data centers and implement security in a way that you know helps us be better at defending uh, against an attack and, and not just finding it when it happens? And both are incredibly important. So segmentation and network segmentation is really my specific focus area and has been over the last seven years. Great. Thank you so much. Chris, let's ship it with you. Can you tell me some of the challenges that customers face when they try to replicate their traditional network security controls like firewalls in the cloud? Yeah, absolutely. So, Katie, one one of the things that's been really interesting over the last several years has been watching customers and working with customers as they try to rightfully so adopt a lot of these amazing technologies that have come into play by the public cloud, right? Looking at uh, the innovation that's being driven by Amazon and 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 Microsoft and Google and Alibaba, and you know the, the the way that that empowers organizations to transform their application environments, to speed up the way that they deploy those applications, and you know it's extremely powerful technology. One of the big challenges that we've seen that's been associated with that transition is the downside of that is it's it's a lot less controlled than it was in the past. You know, we used to, applications are the lifeblood of most businesses. And, you know, we used to have some comfort in the fact that they sat within our own four walls. So now that we're moving this application environment out into the public cloud, you know, we don't have as much control over the infrastructure layer as we've done in the past. And everyone deploys their data centers differently. And standardization is a really good thing, but it also means that you know, we need to adapt to the way that the cloud providers do things. We can't have them adapt to the way we want to do things. And so we're seeing a lot of customers struggle with taking that paradigm around security that they used to implement with a combination of security, physical security in their four walls, and within logical security with things like firewalls that let the data in and out of the data center and have to rethink the way 
that they do that in the cloud. Now, to be perfectly honest, it's not just the cloud and it's not just one cloud. And most customers are not going and lifting and shifting their entire data centers and moving them to the cloud. So figuring out how to do this in a way that's consistent across all of those clouds, and Jeff is going to talk about the exact same thing. You know, we want to be able to do that across the entire security lifecycle. We need to replicate the outcome, not necessarily the exact way that it's accomplished, but the outcome of being able to do things like implement firewall policy. Now, at the same time, we've also seen a big focus on customers trying to push policy closer to the application to create firewall rules and implement segmentation in a way that is detached from the network. There's actually a lot of limiting factors in the way that you know, we used to traditionally implement firewalls in application environments. Things like just getting traffic through a firewall in the first place is not a trivial challenge. Once we do that, you know, what policy am I going to put in it? How am I going to manage that policy? All these things, you know, as we start to become more granular with how we allow people to access applications and how we allow applications to interact with each other, you know, there's some significant challenges there as well. Every time a customer adopts a new cloud, and most of our customers live in this multi-cloud world, they have to try to rethink how they accomplish the same outcome while being pushed to improve it. And so it's, it's a significant, you know, there, there's significant barriers to entry there to ensure that we have the same level of security in the public cloud as we have on-premises. Thank you. So you had originally said that micro-segmentation is your area of expertise. And it has been talked about for years as a meaningful way to improve security posture. But organizations seem to struggle to implement it in a meaningful way. So what exactly is Cisco doing with Tetration to help customers accelerate that? Yeah. So, so first off, if we go back to the first point, whatever we do, we need it to work just as well in the public cloud as it, work, as it works on premise. And it sounds a little strange for something like that to be coming from Cisco because so much of what we've done over you know, a number of years has been tied to how do we make the network you know, more intelligent? And that's super important, right? I mean, we're still doing a lot of that stuff. But interestingly enough, uh, you know, the fact that we now have these diverse cloud environments where you don't have access to the network and micro-segmentation being a technology that is really relevant in the application environments, the first thing we have to do is we have to detach that from the infrastructure itself. And so we'll talk a little bit about what, what we're doing to do that. But that, 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 just tying it back to point one is one of those big things. Now, the, the other thing that I think is really interesting about micro-segmentation, first off, it, it is an extremely powerful security tool. If you take a look at some of the examples, you know, we'll, we'll use ransomware just generally as an example, but really we can look at a lot of the security threats that are um, what we would call wormable, which is when someone gets exploited and then you know the the uh, the malware can then transmit from machine to machine the analogy that i use is we oftentimes build data centers a little bit like hotels where you walk into the front door and they check your id at the at the desk i mean none of us are staying in hotels now but you get the idea one thing if you've never noticed before when you get to the front desk um, and they hand you your key card. They'll only ever tell you your floor number. They won't tell you your room because someone behind you might be listening. I, I asked them to tell me my room one time and they wouldn't say, they're like, I can't tell you that. Just look at the card. You can read. But, but moral of the story is, you know, that, okay, so we've got that security entrance at the front gate, but then we get up to our, our floor and all of the doors are unlocked. 
And, and that literally is how we build application security policy oftentimes today, is you get past that front door and now you can do whatever you want. And that has allowed that ability to move within those environments without being seen, without being controlled, has really enabled attacks to take place and to take place very quickly. So micro-segmentation really allows us to be more proactive in limiting the ability for an attacker to move once they get inside of an environment. Now, that's the value. It's really challenging to do for a variety of reasons. And when we first started talking about this, one of the big things we were trying to solve for was, okay, well, I can't put a firewall everywhere. How can I implement policy? And so we saw innovation in the network. We saw innovation in software-defined networking specifically. Even the public cloud providers, all of them have mechanisms to control lateral movement, yet we still don't see people using it. And the reason that's the case is because the actual enforcement part may have been solved. But what the bigger challenge has ultimately become is what is the policy? What are the rules that we put in place to support that? How do we operationalize that? How do we troubleshoot it? How do we unify it across all these different infrastructure environments? And so what we built with Tetration was essentially rethinking that process from the ground up. How do we integrate visibility, integrate policy lifecycle management, inclusive of things like policy discovery. So I go into an environment that I know nothing about and I can discover policy and implement those security, you know, those secure enclaves from a micro-segmentation perspective. We can do things like simulating policies so that before you hit that enforcement button, you know you're not going to break anything that should be allowed. We also bring in new ways to enforce policy in a purely software-defined way. Um, specifically with Tetration, when we implement the native multi-cloud firewall, we build a distributed firewall with agents across all the workloads without ever touching the infrastructure, which means my singular firewall can simultaneously live on-premise and in a public cloud. And then lastly, we, we include all these little operational things like version control for the policy, policy hierarchy, policy approval processes, all the things that you, that you need in order to automate this policy and to implement it as quickly as possible. And so whereas originally when we were going down this path, we were looking at it from the perspective of, oh, if I could just get a better firewall, I could do micro-segmentation. But what we really found was that it is not nearly enough to solve the firewall problem alone. We need to think about how organizations integrate this life cycle of policy into their environments um, for all different types of applications, independent of where they live. And we really solve those problems with Tetration. Wow. So you spoke about how Tetration implements controls, but would you say it's just against applications or is it part of a bigger end-to-end -end story? Yeah, I, that, that's a phenomenal question. I think that, um, you know, it would be very short-sighted of us to, to think about it just as an individual point and that, you know, there's nothing in security that is a silver bullet. So when we were working on this, one of the things that we're trying to do is, okay, well, thinking about what does the threat landscape look like? And I have a traditional firewall that supports policy against things like vulnerability. Well, can I replicate that in a software-defined firewall? And so looking at things like understanding risk, understanding, you know, vulnerability, exposure, being able to detect malware, things along those lines, things that you would expect from a traditional firewall, but doing it at scale in the public cloud without a lot of the limitations that we see in traditional 
firewalling environment. So that, that that's that's incredibly important. We view Tetration as, um, you know, we want it to be holistic security for that workload layer. What is the workload? That's probably important to distinguish. The workload is whatever is running your application. So it's not the infrastructure. It's not the actual code itself. It's, you know, the operating system, the EC2 instance in Amazon, the virtual machine, the container. Um, we want to be holistic security at that layer and help implement policy against that layer. But then the other thing too is, um, okay, so we're securing the workload. Well, what happens when a user comes in and accesses that workload? So with Cisco, we have an end-to-end zero trust strategy that's broken up into three different buckets. And we call those buckets the, the workforce, the workplace, and the workload. Uh, workforce is how do we secure your users as they access applications, things like software as a service applications. So that's where we acquired Duo Security a couple years ago, and they, they help us uh, solve that particular component of the zero trust story. Workplace is how do we secure you know, devices that are attached to your own network? Um, this is where things like traditional network access control, our identity services engine, our uh, software-defined access strategy come into play. That's being able to understand as I'm implementing micro-segmentation policy on an application, who is accessing that? So as an example, in a retail environment, I might want to make sure that only my point of sale systems are allowed to access my payments application. And by tying the workload environment, which is Tetration, to the workplace environment, which is Cisco Identity Services Engine, we can implement that end-to-end policy, um, which is extremely powerful in helping customers limit uh, the risk that they take on from a security perspective. So absolutely, both in terms of being able to provide holistic security for those workloads, as well as looking at what does segmentation look like from an end-to-end perspective, Tetration is definitely a part of the broader architecture. Great. Thank you so much for explaining that. That was great, Chris. I'm going to have Jeff jump in. Jeff, can you explain the reason for visibility into network traffic and why it's so crucial to detecting threats in today's network landscape? Yeah, of course. And Chris, that was an awesome summary on, on Tetration. And, and you actually used a keyword there, uh, leaving the door wide open, that uh, it's going to actually be a great segue in, into, into that question. So if you think about, you know, networks in the last, you know, couple of decades, all right, so we're going to go way back. You know, we've kind of had a, the, the same traditional security measures, Katie. We, we've had our, our firewalls. We've had our endpoint protection. And those kinds of things that folks uh, typically think about when they think about security, they've been in place. But what's continued to transpire is organizations have been breached and they've been breached for a variety of reasons. And um, it, it really does tie back to a lack of visibility because, you know, what, what happens in between the firewall at the edge and then the, the you know, the endpoints themselves, um, that, that's really where the stealth watch story comes into play. And, um, and, and so what we do with stealth watch is we come in and we essentially illuminate the entire infrastructure. And it gives our customers really an unprecedented level of visibility into what's, what's actually there, what's living and breathing on the network, what's, what's flying east and west and north, south from a packet standpoint. If you think about you know, the, the, the firewall analogy, your firewall is only as good as the policy that's on it. What if the policy is not doing what you thought it was doing? What if someone does leave the door wide open? What if there's an ACL that's inadvertently shut down or something like that? And all of a sudden, you've got an exposed internet uh, egress or ingress point. And uh, you, you really need something watching that traffic that's actually on the inside of the firewall. And then if you think about um, you know IoT 
And in many cases, the lack of the ability to put endpoint protection on endpoints, antivirus, those kinds of things, you need the ability to still see those living, breathing things that are on the network and the ability to learn known good for them, the ability to find network compliance violations with ports and protocols that are being used that should not be used. And, and, and that's really where StealthWatch comes into play. You know, I've been doing this, like I said, for over five years now, full time, just using StealthWatch with, with Cisco's customers. And it's, it's really shocking, the things that I've seen as far as firewalls that are left wide open, jump boxes that are just exposed out on the Internet that have access to the whole Internet work, servers that have been running for years that no one knew about because of turnover, attrition, those kinds of use cases where we just come in and, and essentially expose the skeletons in the closet just by flipping a switch that's really in the entire network infrastructure itself because uh, all these use cases you know, that the StealthWatch solves, we don't have to go in with a bunch of sensors and agents and probes. We're able to do it just by turning the network infrastructure itself into a giant security sensor grid. So when you kind of think about our story with Tetration, we're giving visibility throughout the entire infrastructure itself to the point where you know, it, it hits the workload. And then from the workload you know, and everything that goes on inside that workload itself, that's really where Tetration comes into play. So it's a really nice end-to-end story. But that's definitely why visibility is so important today. And then in the cloud, it's just exponentially more important because the cloud landscape becomes more and more abstract as our organizations move from infrastructure as a service to platform as a service. And um, the security operations teams become more and more disjointed from the DevOps engineers that are deploying those workloads. So that need for visibility in the public cloud is, in my opinion, more important now than ever. So could you just tell me a little bit what response means as it relates to this StealthWatch cloud? Yeah, so response as it relates to just StealthWatch cloud. So um, so StealthWatch cloud is our SaaS version uh, of, of StealthWatch. It's all hosted out in the cloud. And it gives visibility into private networks, so your traditional networks as well as uh, the public cloud environments. But the word response, it's, it's actually pretty open-ended. So a lot of organizations, they think of response and they think, you know, what can you do to, to stop this immediately? Well, response is actually, you know, it's, it's multiple steps that have to play out. So what I mean by that is let's just say that StealthWatch uh, cloud triggers an alert for something that is potentially data, uh, exfiltrating data out to the Internet. Well, you're going to immediately have a lot of questions when that happens. You're going to be wondering, when did this machine come on the network? Has it been on the network for a couple of weeks and pretty quiet? Is this behavior with this data going out to the internet, to this random host, anomalous? Or is it something that happens every day at a, at a, at a given point in time? Who deployed it? Who else is it talking to? Are there any other security conditions that are associated with this host just to help you triage and figure out what do you what you need to do with the host. So I think that's really where StealthWatch and StealthWise Cloud really has an important role to play as it comes to incident response and forensics. You know, when 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 someone gets uh, Cisco's incident response team to engage in a situation, StealthWatch Cloud is what they lead with because they know that they can immediately deploy it quickly from remotely in an hour and have complete visibility into everything going on in the environment and begin investigating the depth and the severity of that situation, just using the network telemetry off of the network infrastructure itself. So response has the really the, the, the connotation of being able to figure out and answer all those questions about that endpoint, but then certainly the ability to reach out and integrate with a SIM or a SOAR. And then the really cool capability with us and Tetration that Chris and I go around evangelizing throughout Cisco is the ability for the two to work together. So we can detect something that is malicious at a network level. 
with StealthWatch Cloud, and then we can immediately reach out and communicate with Tetration to quarantine that workload, isolate it, and then remedy it. But from a, a data protection standpoint and uh, an exposure standpoint, we work together to detect a threat and then to quarantine it, which is a really, really cool story that really only Cisco can tell using StealthWatch and, and a tool like Tetration. Wow. So going off of that, and you talked about the public cloud, could you tell me some trends you're seeing with customer concerns right now? Absolutely. So from a, a public cloud perspective, I kind of alluded that there's a there's a breaking point where with traditional networks, you know, the security team, the, the, the folks that were managing the firewalls, uh, if we just focus on them, they were really in control. All right. Uh, from an application standpoint, because those application servers were in a data center behind those firewalls. So oftentimes the application team would have to open a request for a firewall hole to be opened. So the SecOps team, they were in full control. It, it was perfect um, from a security standpoint. Little room for error and risk and whatnot because you control those internet egress points. Fast forward to today in the public cloud, you know, one, one AWS account could have thousands of internet egress points and ACLs that have to be managed and security rules. And many times, if not always, the people that are deploying the workloads that are associated with those rules are not security operations team members. They're DevOps, they're DevSecOps, they're, they're, they're engineers that are more concerned about their application working and just getting it online and getting it exposed to the internet than they're concerned about security. So that's a big challenge that I see today with the customers that we, that we work with from a public cloud standpoint is that it's a game of cat and mouse, and they're always behind, and they're just trying to put up a fence in any capacity to try and figure out what's out there in the environment that they're responsible for, what kind of servers are out there, what kind of workloads are out there, but then certainly to have network threat detection on top of that, because ultimately it's their responsibility at the end of the day to secure the environment that the application developers are deploying workloads into. You had mentioned that self-watch cloud story is unique, but can you explain exactly why it's so unique in this market? Absolutely. So, you know, I mentioned that we are, you know, with StealthWatch Cloud, we, we do is we turn the network infrastructure itself into a giant security sensor. And that, that story, well, it, it, it resonates easily with a traditional on-premises network because we can turn the route switch firewall infrastructure into security sensors instantly. That story also does translate up into the public cloud. It's a little more abstract, but what we're doing is we're turning the public cloud infrastructure itself into that security sensor grid. And what that allows us to do is to collect all kinds of telemetry about what's going on in the public cloud environment that we're protecting. And uh, what makes us so unique about that is the primary source of telemetry that we're using is called, well, in, in, in AWS and in, and in Google, they call it uh, VPC flow logs. And in Azure, they call it NSG or network service group flow logs. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's NetFlow in the cloud. And that gives us the same ability in the cloud that we have on-premises, the ability to expose every network transaction, the ability to model every workload that we're finding, the ability to alert on network compliance, port and protocol violations, but ultimately the ability to alert on indicators of compromise if a threat were to be manifesting in the environment. And that's really, really the, the unique differentiator with us is that there's really no other solution out there that's able to do with NetFlow in the cloud 
what we're able to do from a very mature, high efficacy standpoint. And that's what, you know, even if you, if you have tools that might be doing things like risk exposure and risk assessment, and maybe you're using some of the native cloud provider tools, those tools are, are, are fine and they definitely have their place. But ultimately, if you think about a set of primary and secondary controls, which is what I encourage and, and preach that customers do in the public cloud, you know, you, you, can, you can say that your environment is PCI compliant or one of those uh, standards, but what if someone blows straight through the front door? There's that front door analogy again. What if there's a zero-day exploit? You need a layered defense strategy. So ultimately, if you're not doing something today like we're able to provide with Flow, where you're looking for anomalous activity based on known good that might be a threat manifesting, then you're still open to breach. So it's, it's really a, a mature security model that we try and preach here with Cisco that it, and, and really StealthWatch Cloud is a fundamental part of that in the public cloud as well as on-premises. That's great. Thank you so much, both Chris and Jeff, for being here today. You both explained what Cisco does so well. I am so happy you were able to sit down and talk to me. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. Thank you both so much. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to check out some of our other episodes exclusively on Digital Diary.